0: Skeletal forms burn toxic green, vacant
1: eyes lit with everlasting hellfire.
0: What's up, you spooky bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Watch Scary Movies. As always, we are your horror hosts. I am Jenny.
1: And I am Caitlin. Well done, I'm not laughing there. I could see you really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh, a new intro. I'm it. It's the Halloween it's, intro. It's,
0: well, I mean, okay, this episode will be going out after Halloween, but we are now, what,
1: four days away from the big event? The big event. Five days. The, five days. We are recording five days before Halloween. So happy Halloween.
0: Happy Halloween. I hope when you listen to this, you are still gorging on all your Halloween candy. And I hope you're still elbow wow. deep in pumpkin guts and horror films. <laughs> That's where I like to be. Yep. <laughs> Who doesn't?
1: I feel uh, like yeah. I have not watched as many horror movies this month as I usually would, partially just because I'm so busy at work. Like we've had our agenda, but other than that, usually I watch loads more and I, and I, yeah. Haven't.
0: Normally I try and watch at least one a day. I, apart from ones that we've watched for the podcast, I haven't watched any. I haven't even watched any of like my, like, I haven't even watched like, you know Casper and I love usually watching all the Hocus. disney ones
1: like see I've watched Hocus Pocus and I've watched The Nightmare Before Christmas nope I've um, watched nothing no but usually I watch Halloween I we did watch mm-hmm. the, I would watch The Exorcist The Shining is always on my list this time of year yeah. um what are some other classics like yeah Rosemary's Baby K we covered that one I mean, we do watch horror movies kind of for a living. Not the yeah, living, but you Yeah. Know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And I think, um and I, yeah, that's the thing, like I'm just so busy at the moment, like so busy. Mm. I when it comes to sitting down at the end of the day, we just sit down and, you know, I cook dinner. And by the time we've done that, we've got maybe an hour really of like my brain functioning enough. To watch something, so we tend to just binge watch episodes of Guy's Grocery Games because <laughs> I love Guy Fieri.
1: I would like to say I don't. I don't watch Guy Fieri. Is he the one with the spiky hair? Yep. Okay. Was he ever on a show called Man versus Food? No, that was
0: somebody else. Oh, okay. That was Adam Richmond. Oh, come okay. come to me with all the food. Food uh, Network.
1: Yeah. I'm terrible. I don't watch any of them. I used to watch The Great British Bake Off and. Oh, I have watched that, uh, although because that's on at the minute. Oh, Um, okay.
0: Yeah, it's on at the minute. But again, like normally I watch that from the beginning and we watch it like every week when it's on and we haven't done that this year. We've caught up, but that's only because we've been playing, you know, catch up with it. Um, But yeah, I just don't have like the mental capacity to sit and watch films right now, um, apart Mm. from when we're... You know, when I when I section time off to be like, okay, I'm watching this for the podcast. Yeah. And exactly. I'm glad that we have that. But yeah, on Saturday, um, I am we're going to go to, uh, there's like a pagan market in town, um, which we're going to, and then we're going to go with our friends that we went to the pumpkin patch with that I talked about on last week's episode, and we're going to get the pumpkins that we bought at the pumpkin patch, go to my friend's house, and we're all going to eat Halloween-themed food with the little one, with Ruby, we're going to carve pumpkins, then we're all going to watch Hocus Pocus 2, because we've all been waiting to watch it together, I haven't seen it yet, and then Me when we there. Ruby- no, and when Ruby goes to bed, I'm presuming we'll pick a couple of like grown-up horror actual films to horror watch. films. Yeah. yeah, to watch. Have
1: you seen? Um, have you seen Doctor Sleep? Yes. Oh, okay, because I was going to recommend if you haven't seen it. Yeah, we, I, we 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 watched it all together. Um, me and my friends.
0: It was one yeah, of the ones. We I really liked that. Really good.
1: And I would also recommend. This is sort of a recommendation for this great nation. I would like to recommend. It's called Werewolf by Night, I think, and it's a new Marvel short. Yes. I think it's only about 40 minutes long and I thought it was really excellent. I watched it It's yesterday. on my list to watch. Yeah, I do recommend it. It's just an easy, quick one for when yeah. it's like an early night. You're not trying to yeah, stay all yeah. night watching horror and you could just pop it on and it tells the whole story. It's it, it's good. I really liked it.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely on my list. Um, I'll tell you a film that I want to watch that is out I think at the minute in the cinemas. That I don't know much about, but I saw the trailer. Smile. I don't think I know that one. What's that? I I don't know what it is. It looks a little bit like, you know, a bit like It Follows or The Ring or something where, you know, something's coming for you, but it everyone's got this like creepy smile. Um, but the trailer scared the shit out of me. No. Just because it was really it looked it was really fucking creepy. And again, I saw (laughs) the trailer in the cinema, so um I'm instantly, you know, gonna be more scared than if I was watching it at home trying to stop one of my cats from i don't know doing something stupid which is how i spend most of my evenings it it Uh,
1: is always scarier in the cinema i was thinking that yesterday now i got there so late i missed all the trailers which i was sad about but it does kind of remind it forces you to focus in a way because i don't know about you but when i'm on my couch a lot of times like my phone dings someone's texting works calling and i tend i try to ignore it but i'm not gonna lie I'm easily distracted. It's 2022. I have zero focus. No, we need to get snacks. And like I said, like the cat will be doing something (laughs) stupid.
0: And then, you know, one of us needs to pee. And it's like, do we pause? Do we not pause? I don't know. Oh, let's just run upstairs and then try and recap. But then the other one has actually been paying attention to their phone rather than the film. Oh Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of nice to be in a cinema where it's dark and you're you cannot look at your phone. You have to turn your phone off and you have to really focus on the film. And so I did enjoy that experience. The experience of going to the cinema is, you know, I do love it. So yes, me too.
0: I don't do it enough, despite the fact that we have a um unlimited card. So we used to go we can go like every week.
1: Oh gosh, I'd be going all the time. Well, I yeah. say that. I say that. But
0: we just don't have time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, Because like, we go on Tuesdays or Wednesdays because it works with Meerkat movies. So basically both of us can go for just the, on the unlimited card without paying any extra. So we can do Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And yeah, we used to go every week. And now we, apart from Halloween, we haven't been for ages. There also hasn't been that much on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I tend to really only like to go and see in the cinema, sort of big cinematic things like Marvel or yeah. Star Wars or something or horror. That's pretty much it. Anything else? I just think I'll wait till it comes out. (laughs) Exactly, and there
0: hasn't really been that much, but yeah. Anyway, it was great going to the cinema. We went. I went to see this a week ago today, so I've had a week to kind of let this gestate in my mind um I'm so you, interested to hear I am very interested to hear because like Caitlin went to see it yesterday I think yeah uh, yeah and I was like the whole time I knew you were in the cinema I was like oh my god I really want to like message her but I can't um and afterwards you came out and we were very cl- good at not saying anything oh, I wanted other. to I really I really wanted to want, to, I wanted but, to be yeah. like oh my
1: god what did you think but yeah no so we've I, saved it all for you, ladies and gents. Yes. <laughs> so um, we've, um, we've moved from probably one of the oldest films we've reviewed in 1967 or 68, um all the way to 2022 to talk yep. about the newest installment in the Halloween trilogy, Halloween Ends. Yes, the the final chapter in the
0: Laurie Strode saga. Yeah, I mean... What can we? Well, I'm trying. So to this think. so
1: the spoiler-free review for you. In my opinion, now I had intentionally not read in detail any reviews, but I had seen. Yeah, I had seen some of the people talking because obviously there's quite a big horror community on Twitter. If you guys are on Twitter, definitely give us a follow. We try to engage with lots of other podcasts and and just horror fans out there. And so the consensus I was the spoiler-free consensus I was getting on Twitter was not good it was I, not good i can so, understand that same yeah i actually felt like i was pleasantly surprised at how much i did enjoy it so i am not a hater for once
0: okay so this is what i found quite interesting obviously i went with my husband andy it was on his birthday um we went he had also seen some reviews um like yourself he hadn't tried i don't think he would really bothered reading them but he saw quite a lot of negative reviews so didn't have a very high expectation i however tried where possible to not even look at anything so i kind of bubbled myself off a little bit and when we first came out of the cinema andy was like i really liked that and i was like i did not however having let that let it gestate and think about it a bit more and kind of things like now i wouldn't say it's not that i don't like i didn't like it it's just that it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And okay, we'll go into okay. that a little bit later. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it I was... Think... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, okay. so as a bit of like, you know, spoiler free plot story, the film follows, you know, we're it's after the events of Halloween Kills. If you haven't seen that, then why the fuck are you here? Go like what's happening, or at least um you've listened to our
1: episode on Halloween Kills. Did we do
0: Halloween Kills? We did Halloween. Yeah, kills. we did. Yeah. We've
1: done the whole trilogy at this yeah. point. Um, and then also the very the original one, which yes. is kind of how the order for these is meant to be. Exactly. The be- the 2018 original. Sorry, no. 2018 Halloween is meant to follow the original one. Yes. And then Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. Yeah. Um, So we are in Haddonfield,
0: it is, you know, present day, Um, so it's a few years after Halloween from 2018, because Halloween and Halloween Kills take place basically over, what, 48 hours, 24 hours?
1: Yeah, so when they open this film, it's 2019, which is... Yeah, so this one's a year later to begin with, but then... But then the actual that's like the opening scene of the
0: film is in 2019 and then the rest of the film takes place now um yes that's really yeah, right. like, yeah. yeah so we have a we have a gap unlike the first two films which took place within the same kind of day um we have a, a few years later after it's like basically how Haddonfield has moved on or I wouldn't say moved on but like recovered from the events of of that of 2018. And we see Laurie, who's living with her granddaughter, Alison. Yeah, I keep forgetting her name. Because her name's like begins with an A in real life as well, doesn't it? It's like Andy or something. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always get confused. But yeah, she's living with Allison. And it's just about them and their lives and, and Michael. My- Michael Myers returns. And it's kind of the final showdown.
1: I think that it is difficult when you have a franchise that has so much sort of lore and mythology surrounding the stories of Michael Myers and everything else. And even if you disregard all of those films, which this trilogy chose to do and just focus on like continuing from the original, mm-hmm. I still think people just, they know, right. They, yes. and they're so it's, it, it does kind of have that legendary status. And I think that So when you say it wasn't what you wanted it to be, I think that's completely understandable. It's really hard for us horror fans to let go completely and just enjoy the story for what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I I think a lot of it is as well. It's
0: like, if you want this to be a Michael Myers film, it's not that. If you want this to be a Laurie Strode film, it's not really that either. You know, you look at um, Halloween Kills, not Halloween Kills, um, Halloween 2018, and you look at the character, like, who Laurie has become after 40 years of of living with this. You know, she's out in the wilderness. She's badass. She's, like, got guns everywhere. She's got booby traps everywhere. She's ready to fuck shit up. And she's, like, still emotionally vulnerable, but she's she's quite strong. And then in Halloween Kills, she's still you know she's injured she's weak and but she's still angry and then in this film it's like she's lost that kind of spark in trying to get back into society and, and heal and things i don't know she i felt like it didn't do her enough justice i liked what they did with like how they had her character that she was trying to get back into the real world and and things but at the same time i feel like she was just a bit wacky
1: Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like, oh, let's make her a bit zany and like. I I don't totally agree. Actually, I think that she was trying to kind of assimilate back into society, as you say. And I feel like her journey as a character has been so fascinating to watch. From sort of like mild mannered, weak Lori to, as you described her very accurately, like this super badass. And then I feel like in the last one, you got a lot of the emotional backstory of how this really like, you know, like her breaking down in the car and then being yeah. in the hospital and ha- and and talking to the, the police, uh, what yeah. was he called? That was in the hospital with him. I can't think of his name. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And just sort of really going through, going through it. And then finally coming out the other side and being able to, on some level, it is still not totally normal, a lot of the things that she does, you know, yeah. and she's got some cracking lines in this. Let me tell you, I loved some of her lines that they gave her. Um, but I think the reality is, it was always going to be her as part of the showdown, but I don't think she could have ever completely, you know, fought him off. Without assistance, that's just the reality of it. So, that yeah. part didn't bother me, but you're completely not wrong when you say that it's not a Michael Myers film because Michael Myers doesn't show up until almost 40 minutes into the film, yeah, which I I like on the one hand, but then it's like from there, you don't get that full Michael Myers payoff, yeah. And so, I again, I don't completely disagree with what you say about Lori, I just took her a little differently, yeah. I get, I guess she's a little eccentric, but I don't but, know, but, I really. Yeah. I really liked her, and I and and I do think in the hands of a different actress, it could have been very different. And I mean that in like a as a as praise for Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing in this film,
0: mm. as she has been in all of them. Yes. Um. And yeah, I was I was kind of happy. I was happy to see her showing like willingness to kind of get back into society. And I don't know what it was. It was just something. Something wasn't quite right for me well, it, it, what, it,
1: there, yeah. th- this it's messy. It's a very yeah. messy film, and we're going to get into it in a minute, and then we can talk a little more freely. Like we're trying yes. very hard not to give anything away at the moment, yeah,
0: but... I think the problem the whole the whole thing with this trilogy is you look at Halloween two thousand and eighteen, and that was a dark film. It was scary. It was dark. It was, I mean, I really loved that film. I still really love Halloween it's 2018. The, it's, hands,
1: it's hands down the best one in the trilogy.
0: Yeah. And it is, an, I would put it, fair in probably in the top three of the entire Halloween franchise, for sure. I mean, mm. nothing's ever going to beat the original, but I think it's definitely in top three. Yeah. However, Halloween Kills was messy. It was not scary, really. It was, I don't know, it just, it felt like they couldn't really figure out what it was they wanted to do with it. And then with the third one, when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I just wasn't on board. And I kept, I was, and I was disappointed that I wasn't on board. And, you know, there the, were the bits that I enjoyed and things, but it took me a little while. But now, actually, I'm more on kind of more on board with the film, I guess, because thinking about it, it's like, I think they have the fact that this film is so unexpected from what it's supposed to be. It's kind of camp. There's a big 80s vibe to it. I got, like, there's a lot of things that feel like it's borrowing from 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 other films, from, like, the 80s and things like that, which made me think, actually, I think they were like, okay, we need to do something completely different. Halloween Kills was not a success, you know, not it was compared not to Halloween. Received, no. It was not what they wanted. And I'm like, I think they were like, right, well, we can't do dark, gritty, because we don't have enough of a story to sustain that let's do something else and let's commit to just going like fucking nuts with this because this film was kind
1: of crazy. It was a little crazy and there were some sub- questionable subplots yes. that turned into major plots. And yeah. like, I, and I wonder about that. It just, it, it to me, it did not feel complete in yep. a way I don't think it was particularly scary and I don't think the ending had necessarily like a great payoff it did in some ways but not in others yeah but exactly I would still I think to sort of like wrap up yep. the spoiler free review in a sense I would recommend it and I will mm-hmm. say what my what my score was I gave it a I gave it a 3.2 which I struggled with that score because it's higher in some ways than I wanted it to be. But I also just tried to watch the film for what it was. And I did find it enjoyable.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing that like looking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, I did enjoy it. I had a good time. It, I was just kind of confused as to what was happening. And what it wasn't what I expected. Super questionable decisions. Yeah. And we're, there were, we're many. Really about, yeah. Many. One thing I will say um, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it has an incredible opening. Yes. Yes. The opening sequence, the yeah. opening sequence, opening scenes are right up there for me. It was everybody in the cinema I was, in was like,
1: oh my God. <laughs> it was just not what I was expecting. I nope. even was sitting there thinking in my bitchy little mind of like, well, I know where this is going. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And it did not. And so it again- did not. I will say, even like part of the reason my score is so high, I think, is almost because of, almost because of that, you yeah. know. But yeah, so I'm interested. Like, what did you give it? I gave it three. Okay, I'm just double checking that's what I gave it at the time. Yeah. And I mean, we oh, made well, Actually, it actually no. I gave
0: I gave it two and a half pumpkins, um, okay. with a question mark. And I will say, on looking back on it, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, it's a three. Yeah, maybe bump it up slightly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I hear you. And it's uh, and I and I would recommend it. Obviously, if you're a horror fan, you're probably going to go see it anyway. If you're not a horror fan, I'm not really sure why you're listening to this podcast. But I do think it's one of Maybe those. Really
0: like our voices. We do have good voices. Hello. <laughs> Hello i
1: actually don't like the sound of my own voice when i listen i to the hate the sound firing. of my own
0: voice i'm like oh god here we go she never if, shuts up. <laughs> if i had to before doing this podcast and even when before we um actually started the podcast and we did um a few like trial runs just recording on your phone and when you made me listen to them like the thought of listening to my own voice gives me Well, did give me like genuine panic attacks. I remember when I used to work in a call center and like my manager would be like, right, we need to listen to one of your calls. And I'm like, fuck no. You go listen to it. Tell me what, you know, give me feedback. That's fine. I do not need to hear that. Um obviously editing our own podcast means that I've had to adapt and change and get used to the sound of my own voice. Um Mm. I didn't realize that I stutter and stammer as much as I do, but but there's a look, it's really funny
1: that little things you pick up on oh god i don't know how you do it even when i listen back to it to to check your editing before it Mm -hmm. goes out i'm always like oh gosh having said all of that yeah so ultimately i do think i do recommend it and i do and i do think i would say go and see it whereas for me halloween kills for example i would not say that i would say give it a miss genuinely yeah you you, you, you actually can skip it
0: because like the main point of that film, kind of the only real thing that you need to take away from that film is like, is a, is a person who dies and they kind of recap that in this film
1: anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like the main yeah. person you care about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ugh, I can't do it anymore. I have to talk about spoilers. Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. Now it's time for a breakdown. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. <laughs> I'm just quoting Wayne's World. I <laughs> don't know what I mean. So we st- here we go. Start us off,
0: Jenny. Well, we start off in Haddonfield, 2019, a year after the events of the previous two films. We're introduced to Haddonfield's home for rock radio. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the radio thing, which happens throughout the film, was to me such a strange directorial choice. Because if you are going to do that, so the radio that Jenny's referencing is basically kind of like very Reservoir Dogs-esque. Like, you know how throughout Reservoir Dogs you hear like the music that the soundtrack that Quentin Tarantino has is like coming from the radio station? Yeah, and you hear you hear the voice. It's almost like they've tried to emulate that, but poorly, so poorly no. because it wasn't consistent enough throughout no. the film.
0: To me, it gave me a massive Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 vibes.
1: Yeah, I can see that or even I mean, obviously I was referencing like re- Reservoir Dogs yeah. and even um what is the one that Rob Zombie did? Um Salem Salem Oh, Where, um, like I think yeah. she works at like she works at a a radio um,
0: yeah, what's it called? I fell. Yeah. I really, I was really looking forward to watching it, and then I fell asleep during it. I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, I thought it was called Salem. but anyway. Salem something. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. I can see it. It's got a blue cover, and it's got yeah. like the guy's face on it. But I mean, so yeah, there was obviously it's referential in that sense too. It was nothing like original, and also I didn't fully understand the point of it no. to tie it together in what way. Like you don't need that, and then no. what? And then what eventually happens with the DJ, which I knew was coming. Something was going to happen with that. I, it Definitely. still felt so messy and tacked on and, and imposed rather than organic, and so oh, I'm sorry, say- sorry, the Lords of Salem. Fuck, the Lords of Salem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. But yes, jeez, I thought I knew my Rob Zombie movies. But yeah, it felt, it did not feel organic. And so it did not work for me. No, some of the choices are weird. I don't quite understand A it. lot of the, I think there's multiple, you've got sort of uh, levels of issues with this film. Some of it is the writing, because I don't think the script in and of itself was, you have this, what starts off as a subplot with Corey and then becomes really the main plot. And then you yep. also have some rewriting of the rules in terms of what are the rules of Michael Myers? How does he work? And yes, there's always been a blurred line between the supernatural kind of Michael and then Michael is a human. And I can appreciate that blurred line, but in this film, I feel like they, they changed the rules a little bit or they tried to introduce something new because I, di- I didn't, I just don't think it was clear what was going no. on. And that lack no. of clarity for an audience member, you know, that took away from my, I guess, like, not necessarily enjoyment, but my full understanding of it. And also the, the scary factor. Because one thing I will say about this film is I did not find it overwhelmingly scary.
0: No, I think, I mean, I jump quite, a, I'm quite jumpy watching horror films, and especially in the cinema. But, yeah, apart from the opening scene, I think I may be, like, jumped once and that even then it was just like a you know it wasn't as much as i was scared it was like a, a reaction yeah um as opposed to being like actually scared
1: but you know but going y- back to this opening scene yeah which which um i'll let you describe but okay yeah it was one of the better parts of the film oh yes <laughs> yeah. so we start with uh, so this radio station
0: playing over the air and um we uh it's halloween 2019 and we see a woman in like a 1920s like flapper costume she I took me ages to remember where I recognized her from she used to play one of the uh people that worked in the bar with Sookie Stackhouse in True Blood um she was oh, one of the wait okay. staff from Sam's okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it took ages. yeah yeah I'm it right. took me ages to remember where I saw her from and she's like calling out to like her husband who I think is playing like video games or something um saying that the sitter's here and we meet Corey Corey is twenty. One. Is he eighteen or twenty-one? He's twenty-one. Point? He's 21. twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty-one, and he um he's not not he's not normally a babysitter. He normally like helps out with like garden work, like m- mows the lawn and things for this family. And the the couple are basically going to a party, Halloween party. Their normal sitter can't do it, so they've they've roped Corey in, and she's like, "Oh, Jeremy, who's their little boy." Ever since last year with Michael Myers, he's scared of the dark and sometimes he wets the bed. So, no scary movies, you know, like no, no scary, nothing scary on TV. You know, play a game together, then he's going to bed. Like no more candy, kind of thing. So, being the kind of clever, smart twenty-one-year-old babysitter. He lets this like kid stay up and
1: watch The Thing. I know. I was like, of all the movies, The Thing. Yeah. And it was the scene, like the most gory, creepy, disturbing scene where the one guy's head is like detaching from the body of yep. uh, For I references, got- please uh, listen to our podcast on The Thing. Yes, our podcast episode on The Thing. Uh, the
0: Thing will also be mentioned in the anything we talk about with uh, For the Love of Horror because they had a set. Actually, they had two of the set pieces and they had loads of the weapons and things. I got to hold and pose with one of the guns from The Thing.
1: I was laughing at your pictures, but yeah. But yeah, so they're watching The Thing and Corey, I think he kind of realizes like maybe this is not the best thing right before bed. And so they're kind of having this banter back and forth where the kid whose name is Jeremy is being quite sassy. and Yeah. At first, <laughs> he was, like, he's,
0: yeah. He seems like really sweet at first. And then he's like, Oh, okay. And then he's like, he's like being really mean to Corey. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want to have to pretend to be friends with like an idiot, 21 year old or whatever. So Corey's just like, fuck you then watch the film. Oh, uh, And then he's like, he goes off into the kitchen and he stood there and there's like some cake on the board with it, with a big kitchen knife. And you think, okay, know where this is coming. Cause you keep getting a few like point of view shots of the house from outside. Yes. So and it's also, like, um, it's
1: worth mentioning like, here we are with a babysitter scenario yep. with a kid. The parents have gone away. It's Halloween. They yep. even, they even sneak the line in the boogeyman is going to get you yep. somewhere in there. So you're yep. just getting all these nostalgic kind of throwbacks yep. leading you to think, you know, exactly what's going to happen. Michael's going to break into the house. That knife is going to, you know, yep. Corey's, Corey's gonna get it. The kid's gonna escape
0: because that's what happens in in Halloween Um, films. Yeah. So and Corey even says to him because obviously everyone's still. It's a year since um the previous films. Michael Myers was never caught. Like no one knows where he is, and that you there'd been like um. But he's like, oh, he says like, oh, Michael Myers will get you. And Jeremy turns around, he's like Michael Myers doesn't kill kids; he kills babysitters. I know. So at this point, Corey's, yeah, Corey's like, fuck this, I'm getting a beer. Goes into the kitchen, and this is so he's getting a beer. We see the knife. There's a bang in the living room, and he goes back in, and the living room is empty. Jeremy's gone, and there's a lamp on the floor. And again, it's like, okay, here we go. So he goes outside looking for Jeremy, can't find him outside, comes back in and he hears Jeremy calling for help from upstairs like screaming. And he goes to the kitchen and he notices that the knife is gone. The kitchen knife's gone. And he starts going upstairs to the attic and the knife is lying on the stairs. At this point I'd be like fuck the kid, I'm out. Like <laughs> I'll call the police, they can deal with it. But no, he he goes upstairs and he up knife. it's worth saying. Yeah, he picks up the knife he does, yeah and he goes upstairs into the attic looking for him and the door slams behind him. Jeremy the fucker has locked him in the attic.
1: And he's sort of, you can't tell exactly what he's screaming, but Jeremy's outside the door taunting him. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, Saying like, oh, I bet you're scared now or something to that effect. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Because like um, when Jeremy was saying about like getting scared earlier and Cora was like, I'm 21, we don't get scared. Yeah. I bet you're scared now. and being like really, really mean, like really mean. And it's worth noting uh, that when you first meet Jeremy, in this house. This house is like you like over like three stories and it's got like a big open landing that goes all the way to the top. And you have like these banisters going all the way around upstairs because when she's shouting up to Jeremy, you can see him like leaning over the railing from like two floors above.
1: And there are, I will say, I don't know who the director of photography is. I should probably look it up, but there are some really interesting and beautiful shots in this film. I yeah. noticed a few of them. And one of them is yes, when the mom is yelling up to Jeremy to come down and meet the babysitter, She peers up and the way that the camera is like an overhead shot of her looking up through all of these curved stairs going up. And it's quite beautiful. And so, yes, you just you notice straight away the type of house that they're in. Yes. So
0: Corey's starting to panic and he's like banging on the door and shouting like, Jeremy, let me out. Let me out. Kids having none of it, just taunting him and taunting him. And so Jeremy starts kicking the door. Uh, sorry, Corey starts kicking the door to break the door down. And as he's doing this, the parents arrive home and they're getting out of the car. And you're like, oh, good. Like, it's just, you know, some sort of. This was just like a fake to so kind of thank you. Oh, Michael's coming when actually. What also not- made
1: me think of Scream, obviously. Yeah. The opening yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of Scream, where um, Drew Barrymore's character is, you know, this close to being murdered. And the parents pull up. And so you've got this. A uh, feeling of anxiety like yeah. come on come on come on just get there and so yeah exactly. when the, the parents pull in like Jeremy's parents pull in it was the same kind of feeling like yeah come on. but by this point um
0: Corey doesn't know that the parents are arriving home and they're kind of outside and coming in towards the house and is Je- and like screaming like Jeremy open the door I'm going to kill you so as the mum walks into the house all she hears is Corey screaming Jeremy I'm going to kill you then he finally kicks the door open but unfortunately, and as soon as this happened, I just went, oh, because yeah. I knew exactly at this yeah. point what was about to happen. Jeremy stood outside the door. Corey kicks it so hard that Jeremy goes flying over the railings down two floors and splats very much dead like explodes
1: almost yeah like smash you can see the blood pool, his, smash head. his head yeah. and the parents have just they're in the door and they come yeah. running over to jeremy and he just dies
0: right he's there. dead and you get this bit where Corey's leaning over the banister like oh my god what the fuck has just happened and the mom looks up and is like what have you done yeah it's
1: really good because it's completely unexpected like yeah. completely i was thinking oh god same thing as you like yeah i know where this is going and then and then i thought it was
0: a foil you know they just were like trying to get you scared and actually like nothing was going to happen in the house and then maybe like when cory was walking home he was going to get like running to michael or
1: something like that but i don't know about you but even when Corey was breaking down the door you could still hear jeremy like kind of yeah. screaming not just taunting him but also like sort of inaudible screaming yeah. and so then i started thinking is michael on the other side of the door yeah.
0: yeah when for a while when he was first locked in there i thought oh michael's like shot him in there and is and killing the kid right exactly yeah but yeah no it was just jeremy or wrong being on a all
1: counts <laughs> jeremy's a little asshole so he gets killed yeah and then the credits roll and that's basically like the opening scene which yeah. again excellent really i like, have to say
0: <laughs> if you're gonna open a film open a film by killing a kid I mean, like yeah. you are
1: committed happy halloween <laughs> yeah and so i did think it was interesting as well that so the, the credits start rolling and they did kind of the old school credits where they do kind of what they did in the original halloween where they list most of the credits at the top of the film rather than the yeah. end and another thing they did i always think it's interesting what are they going to do with the pumpkin because you know they always have the pumpkin burning next yeah. to the credits so this pumpkin kept like birthing Another pumpkin, kept yeah, birthing like, another one and it would it...
0: split open like it would be split open and then the new pumpkin would appear and then it would kind of be like zooming in on its eyes and then like another one's coming towards you and breaks through and
1: breaks through and it keeps going until you get a pumpkin with no carving and then it ends with just a, r- a regular pumpkin,
0: yeah. And when but when it opens, um, I'm not sure if it's before the regular pumpkin or if the regular pumpkin opens, one of them it opens and it's all like bloody, like all the stringy bits are all like bloody, yeah, bloody guts.
1: Yep. And then you get like the opening scene of the film proper, which you get this kind of and you get it throughout the film, this narration of Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. And she's writing a book about her experience. Now, this device, I feel like did actually sort of work. And yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised, too, but it didn't bother me. And again, I think all all credit to Jamie Lee Curtis for selling this, because I think in the hands of a lesser actress, I do not think it would have worked as well as it did. Yeah. So yes, you kind of get her narrating about again the recap that in the last film Michael Myers killed her daughter. Yeah. And lots of other innocent people as well. Because if you think about the kill numbers for each film, I mean, Jesus, Halloween kills as far and away the most violent and has the most death. Oh, yeah. In it. It's insane. The
0: opening scene opens up with him killing an entire fire crew. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> and it ends with him killing an entire mob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it was nuts, and then just indiscriminately killing whoever was in a house nearby, which I didn't totally love because that is not really what he did. He targeted specific people in in the original, and so I I wasn't on board with that. But you're all well aware of how much I hated the second film. So for references, listen to the episode. But I mean, (laughs) yeah. So then you've got Laurie just kind of having a normal life now, just kind of showing her talking about and living this normal life with her granddaughter Allison. Yeah, she's like baking
0: and she's creating yeah. for
1: Halloween and
0: yeah, and not it shows well you What I quite liked in the opening scene though, it shows you things like with her, like narrating, and it shows you like Michael Myers' house has been demolished, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the years in subsequent years, and that there'd been like copycats or killings and all like just random suicides in the town on Halloween since then, where it was she's basically talking about how the kind of the evil from Michael has kind of seeped into the town. And that, yeah. and then a lot, cause this is like a theme that runs through this film, that like the people in the town have gone bad. Like Michael, you know, Michael's presence in the town for so long is like the evil is seeping out, which gave me really strong It vibes.
1: I got a of It vibes from this, even like yeah. Michael Myers in the sewer, like yeah. definitely getting It vibes. So, but yeah, I mean, I think, again, this is where... Part part of me really liked that because I don't think in the past and with, with many horror movies, you don't really get the kind of repercussion or reaction of the rest of the town. Like how is exactly. this realistically affecting everyone? And that's something I thought that they did get right with the second part was kind of yeah. digging a little bit into these secondary characters lives and how and how it affected them and so that was something i thought that they did well so i liked that um but then you have Corey from the from the first scene yep you get like a little bit of an insight into his life and initially i was confused so he's riding his bike and he pulls into a gas station and he's kind of being bullied by these high schoolers even though he's himself older than the high schoolers so yeah He's being bullied and Laurie happens to be at the same gas station, sees him being bullied and sort of saves him, I would say. Or yeah, so we kind of kind of
0: when we meet Corey, yeah, he's riding a bike and he's going to work. He works at like a
1: mechanic, mechanic, yeah, like of course
0: he does junkyard, basically. Yeah. yeah. And his boss, who we later find out is like his
1: dad dad. I think it's his dad.
0: They're not like actually, I don't think they're like blood related because he says something later on. I think it's like his mum's boyfriend or Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, he gives him he gives him a motorbike um and says, Look, so you won't be late to work anymore. And then we meet Alison and she's like she's a nurse now and she's driving to work and she gets pulled over and we meet Doug the cop and he's been gross and he's like oh, I just wanted to pull over, like, the prettiest girl in the whole of Haddonfield, and she's having none of it. He's the one. Um, yeah. You get, like, he's, like, an absolute slime ball. He's gross. Mm. Yeah, so we kind of see see them, and she gets pulled over on a bridge, and then we see, like, underneath there is, um, like, a kind of crazy homeless man, and he's, like, walking around, he's saying something, and it kind of zooms in behind him into this, like, sewer drain. And instantly, yeah, at this point, again, I was like, ooh, it's... yeah." I'm not a fan of Sewers. Um, yeah, and then we, we see, like, Corey. So you already get the impression that this
1: there's this not,
0: you know, no one's having a good time, really. Not really. <laughs> not deep down
1: in this town. Fun in um, Haddonfield is, uh, is limited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But and after, yeah, so... um Lori sort of saves him, she takes him from the bullies. He's injured his hand in the, in the fight. And so she takes him to the hospital where her granddaughter, Allison, works. And yeah. so they strike up this, in my opinion, rather strange and fast moving sort of romance. And this is where I was kind of saying earlier, I think there are issues in this film with the directing and there are issues with the writing. And I think that this is a massive writing issue. Their relationship moves so fast, it almost makes no sense.
0: It doesn't, it's so like Romeo and Juliet, like they lock eyes. Like basically Alison looks over, sees this like very distressed, you know, disturbed, tormented young man and is like, yes, yes, you. My loins are afire. Exactly. Come (laughs) over here and
1: cry, choke me. Well, and also she's like really assertive, borderline aggressive with hitting on him. And it's funny because I was sitting with Matt watching this and he was like, this is not realistic. He's like, women don't really do this. And I'm like, we don't really, I mean, maybe younger women do, but I don't really know any woman who's like you there. You're you're coming with me. You're going to teach me how to ride a motorcycle.
0: Well, I mean, apart from the motorcycle, I have absolutely used those lines before. What? Hey, hey, you. you. (laughs) Come with me. But um,
1: yeah, that were my I, university
0: days. So <laughs> sure. But
1: I mean, I don't know. I found all of this very hard to swallow. And I also struggled to be super invested in their relationship because it moved so quickly. It didn't. Yeah. Again, this is where you could compare like something like Rosemary's Baby, where they took 45 minutes to build up relationships. And with this, you gave me like eight minutes. And so I just yeah. didn't really, I and invested it in the character. Like I care about Allison. Corey, you know, but I care about Allison. but their relationship together. I'm like, what the fuck? Well,
0: Caitlin, do you know what else it reminded me of? Their entire relationship up until the end. What? I need a cool rider. (laughs) A cool, 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 cool rider. Rider. (laughs) Who's that guy?
1: She just wants someone who can do her math homework for her (laughs) and teach her how to ride a motorcycle. Exactly. And maybe they go bowling sometimes. Yep and can appear in a dream sequence <laughs> looking really dreamy oh and maybe he also has an australian accent just yes so. <laughs> yeah. um yeah it was anyway so they go to a halloween party together and even the halloween
0: even party- then, he's like at first because like basically she has to do this whole ruse where she's like oh there's something wrong with my car and before yeah, basically she's at the hospital and she's like helping the doctor like stitch him up and things and it's very obvious. She asks him out and he's just like, oh no, you don't want to go out with me. And then she says to Laurie about, it's like you brought him to me on purpose, didn't you? And Laurie says that like, you need to find someone who makes you want to rip your shirt off and show grief your tits. Brilliant okay. line. Brilliant line. Yes,
1: Laurie. See, I to in rag- say- lines in this. Yeah. <laughs> I should she-
0: point out that I wrote these notes in the cinema in the dark, so I have to they don't sometimes i've like literally written over myself
1: well <laughs> this is the thing dear listeners it is a little difficult to take such detailed notes when i'm sitting in the movie theater yeah so yeah but yeah even, even the dancing at the halloween party what is the move where he just lies down on the middle of the dance floor
0: yeah it's all very odd but then there's other things that are odd as well like you have um so laurie goes to the grocery store and oh. frank's in there and it's like the most awkward flirting in the world
1: this is yeah the the dialogue is and I get it they're meant to be I guess like slightly awkward since they went through a really traumatic thing together but they didn't talk so awkwardly in the other film in the other film they sounded completely like they're able to speak normally yeah (laughs) this this was so stilted and awkward and yeah I just I did like I thought
0: Jamie Lee Curtis like Laurie was quite cute being all like nervous and things it's almost like i
1: cannot say enough good things about her i mean yeah she sells this role i can't think of anyone else who could do it yeah because the thing is it's almost like at first it sounds really stupid
0: but it almost felt to me that like laurie's supposed to have been in some sort of you know basement for 45 years so she hasn't she and because she was so young she was like what 17 in the first film um like laurie's character so it's like she never really got to do normal things like date and things like that because she was so messed up from what happened that it's almost like she's been in like an emotional bunker and now she's come out of it. She doesn't really know how to do these things. It's like yeah, but she still managed to get knocked up, so she knows how to, she knows how to talk to men. She knows enough, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, I found it really weird, but it, it's kind of cute, but a bit weird. And Laurie's obviously feeling really good because she's like introduced Alison to this cute little injured baby bird boy, and she's had like an awkward but cute conversation with with Frank where, is this where he tells her that he wants to, basically hints that he wants to take her to Japan to see the cherry blossom?
1: Something Something... about cherry blossoms? I don't know. What a cliche. Like, is that the best the writers could come up with? Yeah. I'm...
0: I I think the thing is, I think these guys know how to do good kills and comedy because like they're both, they both come from comedy. Yeah, they do. Um, So I think they struggle with like the non- kind of genre dialogue lighting. yeah, like, yeah. Know, they can do the horror they can do this the, like, the crazy kills they can do the the funny one and like the funny one-liners but actual dialogue between people i feel
1: like they just can't do like normal dialogue oh no it, it was so surreal and dreamlike this conversation <laughs> yeah and not in a good way but yeah, yeah. Well. and then
0: basically Lori is like walking smiling to her car and this woman outside the shop is like oh what have you been buying, or something? And she's like, um, "What?" And this woman's actually really mean to her, and she's like, "But you provoked Michael Myers, and points at her sister, and so like basically, you know, she was injured and she's never been able to speak since from Michael Myers' rampage. Like you brought all this on to the town, which I
1: thought was kind of harsh because I, I she... think it's. I agree, it's harsh and unfair, but I like that they showed this yeah, because. It's true, and I did wonder about—not wonder about that woman, but I remembered that couple from yeah, and how they were killed horribly in that film. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was, it was,
0: yeah, a bit shit. Um, so <laughs> Allison takes her car to the to Corey's garage. Uh, sorry, hang on a sec,
1: because am I just did I skip parts? Because I I have here like at the party at the Halloween party. Corey. because yeah,
0: doesn't she ask him out to the Halloween party at when she takes her car in, and that's when she's like, "He's a like, car. Oh, I should go and get your car fixed." And she's like, "Oh no, um, I didn't really care about the car. I just came to see you. Do you want to come to a party?" with Oh, me? and then
1: asks him to the party. Yeah, I was on the phone, but this is a problem. Like, I can't. My notes yeah, are not reliable. A, so I'm, the only
0: reason, and the only reason, really, that this scene was of any utter importance apart from getting Allison and Corey talking, is that we see the bully from before. Because Laurie, when she rescued him, the bully was driving like a really fancy car. It's like high school kid, and it's his dad's car. And they slashed his tires, like Laurie and um, Corey, like slashed his tires for being a prig. And the dad bring and the son bring the car into the garage, and Corey spots him. And the dad's basically like, it's really clear the dad does not like his son very much. Um, He's kind of having
1: a go at him, Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we kind of. Use that comes back in later on, but yeah, like, that's the only thing like that you actually need. So, yeah, you have Alison and Corey now at a Halloween party. They have had like it's a bit like in um Last Night in Soho, where you have it when she goes to the Halloween party with um that guy, and she has one they have one drink, and then they're suddenly dancing like idiots, and It's exactly hammered. the same, yeah. They have like there's... one drink, and yeah, he's rolling around on the floor. What is that?
1: It's... And so, all... like... and also, like, they the way that it was filmed made it look like super chaotic like they were really wasted like you yeah. said and like f- just frantic dancing and it, yeah i don't know, i don't know what it's i don't like, know what was in that one drink but i want it
0: yeah i felt like are they supposed to be so caught up in each other you know they're just having this wild moment of freedom and it's like yeah this is ridiculous well and also
1: considering they pretty much met like two days ago so again like the timeline for this is unrealistic and confusing but they've had
0: two conversations and now he's (laughs) lying on a dance floor and she's like whirling her arms around but
1: yeah so at this halloween party Corey bumps into jeremy's mom yeah, she is not doing okay, and she is not okay, and understandably, and yeah. she's super mad at him because he's having fun, and so she starts basically like having a go at him. And Corey leaves. Yeah, Corey. Corey. Obviously, I don't think he got. I can't remember exactly what like, someone somebody mentioned
0: earlier on, like what his actual like sentence was, and I don't think he had to go to jail or anything. But obviously, like it was just
1: you know they ruled it an accident yeah yeah and you asked but, her saying that he I think he had to do like community service or yeah exactly like that. but obviously he
0: lost his chance of going to college and, and everything like that um didn't go ahead and that's why he's working at this mechanics place and you know he blames himself he feels really guilty he has all this guilt and then people are called like the bully the bullies like the teenagers from high school they were like they recognized him and they're like oh yeah it's like you know the killer the kid um, killer the kid and, killer yeah.
1: and, oh you're pedo is that it oh are yeah you, like here. yeah but yeah so as he leaves the party Ali allison obviously tries to get him to stay and they have this kind of argument and Corey's like you're just, you're better off without me. Which, yeah. girls, when they say that, it's almost always true. So yeah. he goes walking, walking off. And she's, and like,
0: crying. And it's, like, very, again, yeah, you have, like, dramatic. two and a half conversations.
1: <laughs> you're so invested in him. Yeah. But, yeah, so as he's walking down the street, the bullies, the high school bully in his car. and again, And even the high school bully aspect was giving me it kind of feelings, like, Just the, you know, the kids band together in it because they're being bullied so badly. Yeah. And this is kind of like this group of kids who are all assholes. Yeah. So anyway, they find him and they start harassing him and he kind of tries to fight back and doesn't manage to. And they push him off. He's on like an overpass and they push him off like the bridge.
0: Yeah. It's the same one that Allison got pulled over on earlier. Yes. Yes. So yeah, he he falls down and the kids are like, oh shit, we killed him and run away. Barry, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> and then, then you see basically Corey's unconscious body being pulled very slowly into the drain pipe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I will say there is very little that is creepier than watching like a body or you know unconscious person get pulled like that.
1: It yeah, that was um, it. Always like, oh, it always makes me feel like it was uh, yeah. unsettling for sure. Yeah. And so, and so now here you are, and I even checked my phone. You're forty-ish minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. and you finally see Michael Myers. Now this can work in one of two ways. It either works really well in terms of like the Jaws thing, like you, the less, le- less is more, is what I'm trying to say, or it's like you just don't get enough of it you know yeah so and i think this is sort of the latter because you get here we are 40 minutes in and you see michael myers and he's creepy looking i mean he's scary they i thought the way that they made him look was scary he's yep. burnt and like all fucked up and like barely living i don't know how he's surviving well, it there yeah i have questions about because it's been like what four years since
0: yeah um since the first one and he's living in the sewer and I'm pretty sure he's like half bricked into the wall yes it looks like yes that it did look like he was almost part of the wall yeah like he's become part of the town you know the town's like roots and that's how the evil's been spreading
1: and so Corey sort of gets up and they they make eye contact and it was like Michael Myers was looking into his soul or something he
0: grabs him by the throat and he's, like, staring into his eyes. And, yeah, you kind of get, like, this you know, flashbacks of Every, everything that everything. happens, Yeah. Everything.
1: And so Michael Myers releases him, which is also – so we'll get to this in a minute. Yeah. So Corey runs out of the sewer and bumps into the homeless guy that you mentioned from earlier. Yeah. And I found this part extremely confusing. The homeless guy says that he's Michael Myers? Um, Yeah, he's basically
0: like, "Oh, you need to." uh, He let you go. He never lets anyone go. And then he's like, "You to go back in there. Go back in and get me that mask." I'm Michael Myers. He's obviously not, but, um, and I think he's lived because you hear stories later on about how people have been going missing in the town. So it's obviously, and you see, I think you see some like bodies or like skeletons or something in the sewer when he wakes up. When Corey wakes up,
1: you did see like a missing person poster. Like, yeah, you're right. There is that, but
0: so. But it's like, what has he been doing?
1: Like, just living in the wall and this homeless guy. Well, then the homeless. So then, the homeless guy sort of attacks Corey, and then there's a knife, and he Corey ends up stabbing the homeless guy. And I'm just sitting there thinking, who had the knife? Why did you kill him? Like, what, what was what purpose did this serve? He didn't like. uh, But who had the knife? I thought the homeless guy had it, and then somehow I thought thought the
0: homeless guy. The homeless guy pulled the knife. And then they were, like, fighting. And I thought, oh, maybe, like, when they were rolling around, it got, like, I, he turned it around. But he, like, properly stabs him. He does. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, he's, like, killed the crazy old man. And then you get a scene, which I did kind of love in one, in one sense, but was super camp and kind of cheesy in another, where Laurie's at home. And she's just doing her thing, um, and she looks out the window, and you get the shots of Michael Myers, or you think is Michael Myers, of like this silhouette that's like stepped out from behind a bush, and it's the same one from the original film. Yes, and just you can kind of see her freeze, and she's like, for a second, you kind of see that instinct come back.
1: She's questioning herself. For yeah, sure. and she's like, yeah. "Well,
0: fuck it, I want to find out," and she goes out the front. Cause she looks again and he's gone and she's like yeah fuck this like i'm going to look this time and she goes and, and it's Corey and he's like oh i'm sorry to scare you i i uh was was just looking for alison and she's and immediately considering that like, laurie's only met this guy once and she liked him then and she like took him to meet alison like she wanted to set them up and then the second time she meets him it's like she's like oh no the okay. Touch of evil so about you.
1: If, if I'm understanding the director's intent when Michael Myers looked into Corey's eyes, he imparted some kind of Michael Myers evil yep. into Corey. But yep. here is where I feel like they have broken their own rules and tried to rewrite them and it was not successful. And that is because when you create the, a world, you create the rules of that world. And as soon as you start breaking it, you're kind of like an unreliable narrator in a way. So we don't yep. really know what to believe, what's real or what's not. Again, sometimes this device can work in this particular film. I don't think it worked at all. And so you've got, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so this is the supernatural part of him that he can pass along the evil. Like what? And like you said, how's he been surviving? And here he is in the sewer, like doing what? Because he sure enough dies human enough. So mm-hmm. he's human. He's not human. He, he, I don't know. Like later on, he gets enough strength to murder people pretty, easily like i don't i don't really know so and, and it's not even clear like what he sees in Corey or how these powers work i just felt like there was so much confusion and this is why i would never rate this film particularly high because yeah. it, it didn't
0: i was i was confused and um, you can sense that yeah like so laurie feels like something's changing she's now suspicious of Corey. allison and Corey go on a date to like a diner and Doug, the ex-boyfriend, cops there and he comes over and he's basically being a jerk. Like, he ignores Corey at first. He's like, oh, Alison, you haven't returned my calls. You mm. said you were going to call. And she's like, yeah, I was going to call. And he's like, oh, why don't you come and sit over with like me and the guys? It's his birthday. And she's like, I'm here with someone. And he's like, oh, well. Yeah, like, obviously, I'm here with someone. <laughs> yeah. Hell? And then he's like talking about, and then he, he kind of realises who it is that, that she's on a date with. He gets nasty at this point. He's like, oh, this is who you, you know, get in to make your bed warm at night or something. And Corey's like, fuck you and gets in his face. And instantly I'm like, nope, don't, you know, a group of cops, don't do it. Like, it's never going it. well. Yeah. Uh, but he like stands up for Alison and and I, 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 you know, I'll, I guess I'll, give him props for that but at the yeah. same time she's a grown woman she was hoping fun on her own mm-hmm. um and he goes and sits down and, and the other all his friends are like oh man do we know he to go kick some ass and it's like no I, we don't <laughs> so they they're talking and he's then he suddenly he's like Corey says he'll burn the town to the ground for Alison because she's talking I think they is this when they go up to yeah they go they go to the radio station and they're like sat up on the roof and they're talking. And he's like, oh, after the like after the accident, this is where I would come up and, and like hang out. And it's like, no wonder your brain's fucked, dude. Like all those radio waves can't be good. <laughs> and yeah, they sat yeah, on the I roof. Thought
1: that, I thought that was much later because yeah, I, like... I think
0: they go back later on as well. Or they're somewhere anyway, talking. Well, because hang on, to... hang
1: on. Because there's well for Lori goes to visit Corey's mom. This this is before that. Okay, and then what about when the cop follows Corey, like, under the bridge? Yeah, that, that, that's later as
0: well. Okay. So this is the bit, they're still on the date. They're still on the date, and they're talking about, kind of, their trauma. hmm And she say, Allison's like, oh, sometimes, you know, everything's okay, and I'm happy to be here. Because he's like, why have you stayed here? And she's like, oh, because of... Because of, um, you know, of Laurie, I need to stay here for her. Um, and she's like, sometimes I'm okay with it. And then she's sometimes I want to burn it all. And Corey's like, I'd burn the town, the whole town for you. Yeah. I'd do anything because you're my ride or die. That's basically it. And then he drops Allison off at home after the date. Um, and he goes back to the kind of the tunnel where he found Michael Myers. And this is where Doug, the cop sees him and starts following him. Cause he's like, okay. what the fuck's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've got written down, Corey lures Doug into the Michael Myers tunnel of doom.
1: Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So the, he finds the homeless guy. So the cop finds the homeless guy in yeah. the tent and that part was a little, kind of a jump scare, I suppose. Um, and then he sort of grapples with Corey, like they kind of fight and they end up in the tunnel and Corey, yeah, leads him. He's yep. like, follow me, I'm the Pied Piper of death. And follows him <laughs> into the like tunnel where he encourages Michael Myers to kill him. And I did wonder, does killing make Michael Myers feel better? Does it heal him in some way?
0: That's what I, the vibe I was getting. every time he was like, the more he was hurting Doug, the stronger he was getting. And he, like, Corey was holding
1: Doug. Mm-hmm for Michael Myers to, like, attack. He facilitated that murder, and it's like, yeah. he, he says something like, he wants him to show him how he kills. Yeah, he but it was like, like when that.
0: Michael, as as Michael killed Doug, he seemed to have some sort of, like, entire orgasm, like, body orgasm. He thought was, like, shaking.
1: And then, I think he came. <laughs> like, now we know what he's into. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. He has a very specific kink. Yeah, <laughs> only one thing does it for him. <laughs> yeah,
0: and he finally found it. He killed all those people. That's all he was searching for.
1: It needed to be you, Doug. Yeah, so, in a sewer. Yeah, it's, uh, I, but yeah, I did wonder again, and this is where that sort of supernatural My- Michael Myers part kind of comes in, like does the killing heal parts of him? Like yeah, yeah I got that feeling. So, yeah. But even that was left in such a gray area. Like there's so many loose ends and un incomplete plot lines almost like they had a thought like oh you know it would be cool if we did this but there was no follow-through and there was no real thought about it like again it that goes against some other like even the last movie some of the rules that they set up like if killing made him feel better then he'd be like 100 after part two i mean but that's what i almost wonder is that why he was unstoppable because you know in the mob scene where
0: he's like been beaten and they've taken, you know, yeah, yeah. his mask and things. And then he gets up again after he's been like stabbed and all sorts. Like maybe that's it. He's killed so many people that he's like running on a hundred percent Michael evil, Myers. pure evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe. like this, I know what you mean. Like it was very strange. It, he so Corey goes back to Allison's. They bang. And... They bang, they, bang. <laughs> they fuck, and Laurie's like watching, and I quite like this shot because we have like Laurie watching them from outside, go upstairs, and then we kind of get a point of view of her, like like it's Michael Myers watching her watching them, which you know I'm always a fan of a of a well played point of view shot.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: and I, I did enjoy that. Um, yeah, and then Laurie's gone to the bar because earlier in the film we um saw laurie and the woman who owns the bar at laurie's house like talking to allison um so laurie goes to the bar and she's talking to her friend and she says that she saw michael myers eyes in Corey. and the barmaid's like okay because at first she's like oh didn't you introduce them and she's like yeah but I, I i'm not this isn't me imagining it like i i saw something in him i saw michael's eyes in him and at first i thought the her friend was going to be like look like this is all in your head." You know, you, you've done really well, but I like, understand why you're getting scared. It's around Halloween, but you know, whatever. But no, instead, she's like, "I want you to meet someone," and takes her over to the pool table where we meet Jeremy's dad from the beginning, and he's saying about he basically is saying to Laurie about you know he knows that Corey didn't kill his kid; it was an accident. He seems to understand this more than his wife, who we saw earlier, who obviously blames blames Corey for Jeremy's death and yeah like jeremy's dad's like he was a really sweet kid that did the lawn you know he was really he was really nice he had really kind eyes and and i bumped into him the other day and i pulled over and i wanted to just tell him that i was you know okay and you know i kind of forgave him but he said but the guy i saw walking down the street that wasn't the same that wasn't the same man yeah and you see him kind of pull up and then he kind of drives off again He said, yeah, like he was on a dark path.
1: I did. I liked this part and I didn't. I liked it because I liked hearing from Jeremy's dad. And it it does definitely reinforce the idea that this is a very small town. They all drink in the same bar. They all kind of know each other. Like there's no real kind of secrets here. Right. But then on the other hand, again, this was a scene where I felt like you could have planted that scene earlier and actually showed it instead of telling me yeah you know you could have shown me jeremy's dad talking to cory that whole scene he describes you yep. could have showed it to me like three scenes ago so this yeah is, it just seemed weird
0: the only the only thing i get from it is that it's like backs up laurie's you know creep, sure and they creep. still could have
1: had that conversation where he said yeah you know i saw him the other week and we would have watched it you know yeah. 20 minutes ago exactly. so i just thought it was right yeah. this was a writing issue so yeah. i mean yeah but then okay so then you've got is this the doctor? Yeah,
0: so the doctor who... I did
1: like this scene. Yeah, oh, I like yeah. this scene.
0: Alison <laughs> yes. um, was going for a promotion, but she said that she didn't think she was going to get it because the doctor who was deciding is a bit of a jerk and didn't really like her. And her colleague, I don't know, she's very bubbly.
1: Sort of annoying on purpose. Yeah, sort of like, annoying on yeah. purpose.
0: Um, I don't even know what her name was. I didn't even no, know. That. but she, yeah, she, she's got the promotion. And... I do feel a little bit like this scene was a bit lame.
1: lame, That this was the only—you know—she got the promotion because she's fucking the doctor, of course, which you already kind of could tell anyway, because they did show kind of scenes earlier where the doctor would be like, "I need to see you in my office," yeah, exactly. And she would go in, and so. Uh,
0: But I love this. What I did love about this scene, so they're they're at the doctor's house. He's got an amazing house. He's showing around. They're gonna fuck. Um, he's like, "I'm gonna open some wine," and then she's like, "And is this? I've never done this before." Gone to someone's house before sex and being like, oh, I'm going to go
1: shower. Well, that was the thing. She was already dressed up, so it's not like she came from work. I could understand no. if she was in her scrubs and, like, they'd just come from work.
0: Yeah, I know. She was wearing but like the
1: other a... day, they were ah.
0: obviously about to, like, he was cracking the wine open, like, and she's like, oh, I'm going to have a shower.
1: Yeah, same. I
0: think it's weird. And, and that's the first time she's been to the house. Like, they're not, like, a, you know, boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend. Like, it's weird. It was
1: weird. But she... So, she goes to get in the shower and she hears a noise and she kind of turns the shower off and listens and she hears the noise again. And so she kind of goes wandering out and she's calling. And I did think it was funny as well, because instead yep. of calling him like Simon or whatever his name is, she's like, Dr. Hawthorne or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and so I, was,
0: I, I was cracking up. Yeah. calling him like, the
1: doctor name. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like she doesn't even know his first name.
1: She's like, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she probably doesn't know his name so yeah she goes to investigate and she goes out on the back kind of porch where there's a pool and like a sort of seated area whatever and she sees that the wine glass is smashed and she hears a noise again and she turns around and it's Corey with the mask on stabbing the doctor it's, it's
0: not it's not michael's mask at this point Oh, yeah, sorry. It's it's his his mask. So um, Allison gave him like a scarecrow mask to wear to the Halloween party because he didn't have
1: a costume, and he's wearing that mask. Yes. So sorry, yes, for for clarification, it's not Michael Myers' mask, but he is wearing a mask. Yeah. And he's stabbing the shit out of the doctor. And I thought, I was like, whoa, because it was really violent. It was really graphic. And you're kind of like, whoa, Corey, what the fuck? So, yes. So then the girl runs away to call the cops. And she like slams the door shut, and you can see Corey's like banging on the door, trying to get in, stop her calling the cops. She's on the phone, and then all of a sudden, she turns around, and there's Michael Myers. Yep, feeling uh, feeling much better. Yeah, he, clearly. he's clearly he's come to help. He's come to help Corey. Yeah, yeah. They're like a tag team. Uh...
0: What I quite liked, or I'm not sure if I liked or I didn't like. I don't know. One thing I, I observed anyway was the way that Corey was acting when he was trying to kill them gave me very strong ghost face vibes from Scream, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're doing Uh it, but they're making a few mistakes, they're falling over things, you know, because he's like, yeah, they're, 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 they're clumsy and then Michael is like a shark he's just glides in, silent slow, Michael never runs, he doesn't do anything, you know he's very methodical
1: yeah, he is, yeah um and and then you know michael myers the way that he kills her he like stabs her in the wall like as he's, yeah. he jokes her and then stabs her and i thought that was a bit like pedestrian for michael especially after part two where they got real creative with the kills <laughs> this yep. a little basic but but yeah so and then i had that after that scene was when they were at the radio tower but apparently maybe it was
0: I thought it. I, I thought I thought they were at the radio tower, when he was like, "I'll burn the world for
1: you," or whatever it was. Maybe. Anyway, there is this scene at the radio tower, and yeah, yeah. You you you're right. It's the, now. It's so now. The, so the DJ who you've been kind of hearing from, Willie the Kid, I think he's called. He confronts them because he some I think Corey jumps off the roof or something and he hears yeah. it and he comes outside of the studio and he's like yeah get off my to, land he tells him to fuck off basically yeah. yeah and so Allison and Corey have this big dramatic moment where they're like we're gonna live leave Haddonfield this is it we're leaving we're going we're going we can't we're take going. it anymore and then you have this really weird I don't know if it's a time jump or if they confuse but all of a sudden it's October 31st They put a sign up that it's October 31st. And I'm thinking, like, okay, so how far ahead did we jump here? Like a whole year? Is it the next year of Halloween? Because if you think back to the scene before, they were just at a Halloween party. So I suppose it's been a year. No. Maybe that Halloween party took place before the 31st? I felt like, okay, but it
0: wasn't. Yeah, no, no. When it, when it, it, no, it wasn't clear. I think there's something at the beginning, like when we, that gives the dates, like, it also, I can't remember if it says, like, 27th of October or whatever, like, when we have Laurie doing her um, narration at the start.
1: Oh, was it? Because I don't remember seeing but, it. I believe you. I just don't remember yeah, seeing it. Um, because... Yeah, but I don't know what
0: you mean so. I think I think this whole thing takes place maybe over, like, I don't know. So a few we days or a week. Okay, right. um But, yeah, but still. I was like, so still
1: confused. On... I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. then not only that, but you've got – the it says October 31st, and then you've got Corey waking up in Jeremy's house where he's been sleeping – on the place where jeremy died he's sleeping on in the empty house on the floor
0: his mom's kicked him out um you meet his mom earlier in the film which is where you see his boss that you'd met at the beginning so that's when you kind of piece together that the and she's a horrible woman
1: she's horrible yeah
0: she's horrible she's really really horrible she's really weird yeah so she kind of she kicks him out because she doesn't
1: like the fact he's got a girlfriend and he's out all night so, yeah, he goes to... Gosh, do you remember? She has a line where she's like, I can smell her on you. Yeah. So creepy. It's so creepy. Why are you such a horrible woman? Yeah. yeah. And he sleeps on the floor of the house and yeah, right where
0: Jeremy died. And he wakes up to find Laurie. Sitting in a
1: chair. Um, sitting in a chair. Where she has a little chat with him about how... It was something about how evil can infect you and how yep. you can be infected with evil and I and it was an interesting choice of words and I did you know once again Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis doing the most and so um he sort of counters her what she's saying with well if I can't have Allison, then no one can um yeah because she,
0: she's like look you need to stay away from Allison. she isn't equipped to deal with with this kind of relationship basically um
1: and then he and hes turns- even like,
0: "You set us up," and she's like, "Yeah, but I want to get you help, but not Allison."
1: But then you know, he turns around and she's gone, and Lori's yeah. gone, and it kind of begs the question: Was she ever actually there? Is he just sort of hallucinating her? Because that's the kind of feeling I had. I don't think she was actually there. Oh, I do. I don't. I don't. <laughs> because then he calls Allison, and it's—it's it's all very creepy. Um, because he goes to the sewer. And fights with Michael Myers and tries to steal his mask. Yeah, he goes and gets Michael's mask. And meanwhile, Laurie and Allison sort of have it out. Like Laurie yeah, thinks Corey's capable of evil, and Allison's just not having it.
0: Yeah, because Allison, because she's Allison's packing. Um, because I think Corey's like, oh, you need to, like, wait for me at this diner. I'll meet you here. We've got to go tonight. Like your grand, like Laurie came over and was like has- harassing me. We've got to go, and so she's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll meet you." And she's packing a bag, and Laurie comes in and she's like, oh, "Are we even going to tell me, or you know, leave a note?" And she's just like, "I'm going, yeah." Mm-hmm. And and Laurie's rightly like, "I mean, again, it's like it's only been a few days. Who are you, like a Disney princess?
1: No, nobody gets married. off you know, runs off and I know." It's crazy. Okay, Taylor Swift, calm it down. Yeah, exactly. But so then you get this part, which I, I did sort of like this part, where Corey lures these four kids, these four bullies, to the car repair area, to the mechanic area. And at this point, he has the Michael Myers mask, and he proceeds to essentially kill them all. And the bully kind of had run over to Corey's dad, stepdad, whoever, to get him to help. And the stepdad introduced guns into the scenario. So then we've got... The bully, the main bully with a gun, the dad, stepdad with a gun, Corey in mechanic overalls, which who didn't see that one coming, (laughs) you know? So between his overalls and the mask, you're like, ah, the transformation is complete. (laughs) Yep. What did you think of the kills? Um, I liked these kills better. I mm-hmm. felt bad for the stepdad. I was like, justice for the yeah. stepdad. He was one of the he only was nice people in there, like, he in the
0: in there with world. headphones in, like watching TV. And <laughs> yes. there's there's four kids, and the first one is like this. He's got like weird bleached eyebrows, and they're looking for for Corey, and then they can hear at like, the car, and they go over to the car, and their friend's dead. He's like been at his throat slit or something so then they start running and
1: like knife through his eye oh yeah yeah Yeah. so they
0: they start running and the like they see a car like revving its engine and the two girls kind of get to the gate and one of them's climbing over the gate uh or on the gate and Corey drives into her, basically and crushes her and, and then park basically is parked on top of her. So and she's wait, still alive. Wait, good
1: question. Was Michael Myers and Corey in on this, or was it just Corey that killed all four of them? Just Corey. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that as well, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, just because there's one point where you think Corey's in one place and then the car comes. So I just wasn't sure. But I think yeah. you're right. So yeah. So then,
0: yeah, so the one. Kid's been stabbed in the eye. One's crushed under the car, but she's still alive. Her friend goes to try and get her out from under the car, and she gets bludgeoned to death. And then the boy, the boy, like is the one, the 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 mean one. He's the one. He runs into the the, the 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 security door where Corey's stepdad is, and Corey's stepdad, I say, gets guns involved, and the bully goes to shoot Corey, and the stepdad like jumps in, in his way, basically and gets killed which i was very sad about because he was protecting his son son you know stepson whatever yeah um even though he just killed a bunch of people even if he didn't know that it was still it was sad that he died cory gets hold of him i can't quite remember how fucks him up and then he's like lying on the floor next to the two girls who are like
1: one's dead and one's dying and he's like set on fire yeah and even the girl who's trapped underneath the fence, doesn't he like smash yeah. her head? Then he, sp- then he head stomps her. He head stomps her, yeah. yeah. Oh, and actually, you're right. Michael Myers is not there because Michael Myers has gone to the radio station. Independent. No, that's Corey. Oh, I thought that was Michael Myers. No.
0: Basically, all of this is Corey getting revenge on everyone who's, like I said, it's very not michael myers because michael but then myers, my
1: question is so for sure i thought it was michael myers at the radio station i think because of the height but yeah then that begs the question where the fuck is michael myers where is he i well when they had that fight in the and and uh cory stole
0: his mask like michael like collapsed so i thought he'd been drained of his power Corey had finally absorbed all the evil that was sustaining him and the mask was like the final yeah piece. Corey like, had reached his final form <laughs>
1: Transformation complete, <laughs> exactly. That's yes, that. That was okay, the bye bye, which okay. doesn't make sense later on, but I right, know at the- this
0: point of the film made
1: complete sense to me. <clears throat> okay, so then he leaves the mechanic area, rocks up to the radio station. Well,
0: before he gets to the radio station, he goes to his house and kills his mum. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember how she died, but he he kills her. Um. And then yeah, then he goes to the radio station and I did quite like this. It was very cheesy, but it was, you know, quite funny. Um they're play he's like about to put some music on and Corey comes in
1: and basically like fucks him up and cuts out his tongue. I did really like this kill because just a little bit of an interesting one he when he cuts off the tongue it like flops onto the record yeah so as the record's going around it keeps like knocking the tongue yeah <laughs> it was pretty harsh and yeah. then of course it's all live so people are listening and they can hear all over the town they like can hear, hear the record skipping like what the hell yeah so i, I thought it was a like nice that. touch I, I liked it so, yeah. um, earlier Corey had asked Allison to show up at his house at 9 p.m. So, um, he, she does. She shows up at the house at 9 p.m. Um, the diner, the diner, or the diner, wherever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, waiting for him, but he's not there. And then you kind of go over to Lori, who's alone in the house, and she is contemplating suicide. It would seem. Like... yeah so this is the vibe you get she's very upset after her fight with
0: Alison and Alison leaving and after what Alison said earlier as well about how Laurie was now sober and how she wouldn't cope with without her so Alison's gone and here's Laurie walking up the stairs crying with a bottle of whiskey and a glass and she sits down, she lights all the pumpkins in her like study opens the safe and gets out her gun and she's like sitting there and
1: yeah like i actually really loved how this was filmed because i did think there was a moment where i thought is Lori gonna kill herself really do it and i thought no they wouldn't do that that people would be so mad but i did constantly think for a minute yeah I, i was like how else you know because that means that at least michael myers didn't get her yeah she wasn't a victim to michael myers she 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 ended it on her own terms, So that's why I was thinking that maybe they would go that route. And I was like, holy shit, are they going to really, and the way that they do it with the, the gun pulling and then the pumpkin like insides, like splattering. Yeah. Yeah. She,
0: she actually calls the police and she reports her own suicide. Yeah. Reports her own suicide. She reports the suicide at her address, hangs up. And then, yeah, the, uh, the camera like pans to the door, So you see like the open door like with the light from the study and you hear the bang and the stuff
1: splatters all over the wall. And And then she says something like that. Like, did you think I was actually going to fucking do it or something like that? Yeah. And you realize she's talking to Corey because she knew she knew that he had come in and was planning to kill her. And so instead she shoots him, but not fatally. She shoots him. Yeah, and then he says something to the effect of like, "Oh, if no one can have, if I can't have Alison, no one can." Yeah. So and he, yeah, well, I, well, and stabs himself in the neck, which I also did not see coming, and I was like, no whoa, whoa okay." Yeah. He, yeah, she shoots
0: him. He's fallen to the floor, and she's basically like, "Yeah," she's like, "Did you really think I would kill myself?" He's there, yeah, and then he's like saying about how if he can't have Allison, no one can, because obviously he's already caught co- told Allison that Lori's like gone nuts and is like coming to his house and threatening him. And Allison already thinks her, her ground's unstable. Well,
1: but this part, I thought this was like, okay, so Lori, what are you thinking? So he's stabbed since Corey stabbed himself in the neck and he's mm-hmm. sort of like slowly dying. Everybody knows if you have a wound like that, the worst thing to do is to pull the weapon out yep. because it just makes the dying happen faster. So, Lori walks over and pulls the knife out. I mean, maybe she was just panicked and was hoping like he would live or I don't know. Yeah. Pulls the knife out. Allison walks in on it with Lori yep. standing over the body with the knife in her hand and thinks it's Lori. So she leaves and Lori's just devastated. I mean, yep. and then Michael Myers shows up. He of wants course. his mask back. He wants his mask back. He Lori's there. This is like, it's all going on. Yeah. Where, where else? That's it. the place for Michael to be. So he re-kills Corey, which I thought was strange and unnecessary, but okay. Take- yep. he's already dead, but sure. Well, he, he wasn't quite dead, he was
0: dying still, cuz I think you see him like, like as a reaction from him when Michael comes in, but he's on his way out. I he's mean, survive. Yeah.
1: So I in my notes I wrote re-kills Corey, but yeah, takes the mask and comes for Lori, where they fight and I thought it was quite a good fight. What did you think?
0: I thought it was a good fight. I liked that there were a couple of throwbacks. Um, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the knitting needle. You see, yes. like, she grabs like, a knitting needle, but this time, I quite liked it that Michael
1: stabs her with a knitting needle. And uh, there were flashbacks, right? Yeah. To, to her in the cl- from the first film. Like, yeah. her in the closet. Um... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then
0: while they're fighting, Alison, um, she's, like, pulled off the road. She's upset. And she sees the radio station on fire. And when she sees the radio station on fire, Frank calls her and He's like, I'm worried about Laurie. She's called in a suicide. So Alison immediately is like, right, going back to the house. And obviously the police are also going because the suicide's been thing. So yeah, and we go back to the fight. And I did have this bit where um it looked like Michael was gonna shove Laurie's hand down the garbage disposal, which I was like, no, no, not no. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs>
1: Which is um, also, I think they did that in a Final Destination. There was a hand. Yeah, in the, it, yeah. it's
0: definitely happened before, and
1: yeah. So she's now being stabbed with a knitting needle. Um, but she gets him like on the table, and I did like, like this because she almost was like crucifying him. She's got like a knife. Yeah, in one well, she hand. stabs him
0: in the heart,
1: mm. and for a
0: second you think he's dead, but he's not. And then yeah, so while he's like trying to get up, she nails him to the table with knives.
1: Yeah. And then he pulls his hand out of yep. the knife. So he and he basically is choking her and you're almost thinking, like, is he gonna kill her? And then Allison walks in and between the two of them they manage to to kill him. Yeah. Which I did like I did like that part because I did too. Like they, yeah. they worked together. Like if Michael Myers can work with Corey and tag team people, then Laurie and Allison can work together. Exactly. It's like <laughs> and wrestling. Plus the reality is I don't think that Laurie would have bested him on her own. No. So it's realistic to think yeah. that it would take especially two of
0: them. in that moment where like he's obviously like being mortally wounded. If, if he's remotely human and he's killing, like choking her. I thought, are they both going to die?
1: Yes, I is, thought is, that too.
0: You know, is it a case of like, Laurie's like, okay, like, I, I, I give in. Like, this is my one job in life was to, to defeat you. And and now it's over. Um, yeah, because but...
1: I think as well, they had hinted in the second part at this kind of, for lack of a better description, Harry Potter, Voldemort, one, yeah. can, one can't live while the other survives kind of yeah. feeling. So yeah, I was with you on that one. I thought they might sort of kill each other. And then... Yeah. Yeah, Allison shows up, they kill him together, the cops are there, and they have this sort of mutual agreement like, you know what, we're going to make sure he's really dead. And so yeah. the the cops agree like the the sheriff from the second film is there as well. And he's like, this is how we do things here. <laughs> they yeah, strap- it's like, This isn't protocol. He's like, what well, it is tonight. It is tonight. Yeah. They strap Michael Meyer to the top of the car. And I also kind of liked this because it was almost like a procession through town so that everybody could see. Yeah. Finally, he's, you can breathe a little easier. Like he's dead and we're making sure that he's dead. So they do this kind of midnight procession to the very candy man. Yes, I got that too. And so they, they put him into the car grinder at the mechanic car repair place, which they'd shown a couple times earlier in the film of them throwing sort of debris from the cars into it and it being. Yeah. The car crusher. Yeah. Being demolished. And so they throw him in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, at this
0: point, because we have while before, before, as he's dying, like because they basically they slit his wrists and he's bleeding out on the table while he's crucified, and Laurie has, and I'm really sad that I didn't manage to write them all down. But she's basically she says to him, she's like, "I have run from you. I have chased you. I have tried to contain you. I have tried to forgive you." And then there was some more, which was probably very poignant and beautiful, but I didn't get it written down. But I loved that. And then yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, that was It's crazy. like she's finally like, I've I've defeated you. Like this is it. There is no coming back from this. We're gonna make sure. So yeah, they have this procession, and then he's on the back of like a the cop car, and then they put him on like a tilt thing for him to slide in. And Laurie's on there with him to like push him in. Like she gets the honors of like pushing her her nemesis into this into oblivion. And for a second, I thought, oh, those fuckers, is she going to fall in there with him?
1: Oh, God, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I'm glad and that did was like, No, they, they
0: can't do that. They can't do that.
1: But yeah, then you have this kind of conversation between Alison and um, Lori, where she kind of admits that Lori, she was like, you were right about yeah. Corey. And then kind of, at the conclusion is just sort of that Alison does decide to leave Haddonfield and move on with her life. And so you kind of see her driving off in her car. Lori finishes her book. And yep. you kind of get like
0: her narrating the goodbye. And she says, um in it, she's like, I've said goodbye to my boogeyman. But then what I I'm not sure if I like or not, she she kind of ends it with, evil doesn't ever really die. It just changes shape. Which I thought was obviously with Michael Myers always being billed as the shape. Yeah. It's like, is that just leaving a way open that they could potentially have make more f- films. I mean of course they're gonna, like wanna, they're gonna want to they're gonna want
1: to leave that open and if they're smart they won't but yeah. people are money grubbing greedy assholes so they might. Yeah but I think and so and that's the end of the that's film. That's the end you
0: kind of get um Frank turning up and Laurie being like so what were you saying about cherry blossoms?
1: Oh yeah Jesus the fucking cherry blossoms <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that bothered me but yeah so yeah, I think I stand by my rating, which is higher than yours, which I'm surprised about. But I ah, I just kind of thought it's better than the second one. It's still messy. Like this whole subplot with Corey, I don't really, I don't know. Some... No,
0: I, I didn't. The only, the only thing that I can take from it that I liked is in a very it vibe that, you know, Michael Myers has spent four years down in the sewers, in the wall, in the roots of the town, and the evil is seeked out. And because everyone's mean to him, after what happens with Jeremy, like he just becomes an embodiment of the evil.
1: Or it's like he's that makes him vulnerable or more. Yeah, exactly. More.
0: Yeah, to Michael's evil powers of evilness.
1: But yeah, I just, I wrote, I'm not sure about the Corey subplot because elements of it seem half-baked. Good ideas, but not executed particularly well. I said, Lori was amazing. She had some great lines and there were some good kills, but I don't think it was scary. I was glad that they exercised a bit of restraint in this film, which they did not in the second. Nope. Um. But I, I just, yeah, I didn't find it scary and I didn't necessarily find the storyline particularly compelling nice. in terms of perpetuating the mythology of Michael Myers like we kind of mentioned at the top of the show. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like I think I stick with my rating because I did I did enjoy it and it was entertaining and I I think it was better than what I thought it was going to be. In some ways all those terrible reviews and unhappy people worked for it in the sense that I went in with really really low expectations yeah and i think that does help on a level i was almost dreading it like oh god what have they done to it now and then yeah i was sort of pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as i thought so yeah yeah
0: no i I get that and like i said i definitely would watch it again and the opening scene is great Mm -hmm. um i just yeah i just i wanted it it's such it's such a meaningful franchise for me like you know halloween is one of my favorite films ever so uh, and laurie strode is one of my favorite characters ever i just it's like the bit where you know she says to allison about oh um like being really being bold and shaking your tits at grief and then how she's like a bumbling wreck around frank
1: well i I mean i feel
0: like if i don't don't know it just didn't feel authentic
1: do you not think that maybe part of that was like she knows how to be a badass because she's been practicing at it for so long but she has lost as kind of a part of her humanity and and engaging with other humans or or expressing any emotion that's not revenge or anger or fury. Like, that's kind of how I took it. I don't, I think it was maybe not as nuanced as it could have been. And again, I think that goes back to the writing. And I think that, like you said earlier about the dialogue, I think that's very true. Like, almost like they didn't know how to write her not being a badass, you know. Being, you know. But I do think that Lori needed to have this part of her journey to complete it, you know, otherwise yeah. it's like her just staying the same. So there's got to be. No, no, I, d- I definitely didn't want to see that. Um, I think, I think it was just the clunky writing. Yeah. Very like, clunky. The clunk- yeah. Um, and it was I think we said messy. this, even, even in the first film, which we liked considerably better, there was clunky writing, clunky yeah. writing in all of it. It's like, uh, it, and then, Yeah. So the writing, the dialogue, questionable, some of the directorial choices questionable. Like if you're going to put this radio station in so like so so much, why? Tell me the why of it. Like what yeah. why? Just to later show me a tongue on a record? Like I mean, that yeah. can't be it. And so ideas like that or even the idea that Michael imparted some sort of evil into Corey, okay, that could be a really interesting um, choice, why not really commit to that and dig into it more and make it, yeah. <laughs> at least make it clearer what the intention is there. Like, why is that happening? And and what are the, you know, what's the repercussions, I suppose, uh, to everyone involved of that rather than it being like, oh, maybe he's kind of evil, but sometimes he's not. And Allison can't really tell. And sometimes he can't yeah. but other times he doesn't. It was just a lot of inconsistencies.
0: Yeah, he reminded me. His character reminded me very much of um, Tate from American Horror Story season one, Evan Peters' character.
1: Well, he, the way like, he the t- looks, he looks a little bit like Evan Peters. I yeah. thought that as well. Yeah, yeah, like
0: this, like tormented, you know,
1: angsty young man. Yeah, who wants to be good
0: but can't help but kill everyone.
1: But it's funny because now that you're you've said it, I'm thinking about all the relationships and I'm using air quotes in the film, whether it's Frank and Lori or it's Allison and Corey, these are not very well, they're not fleshed out enough. No. Um yeah, to drive the stakes up enough for me to really care because I'm not I'm just not that invested. Yeah. I'm invested in Lori and to a lesser extent, Allison as individual characters mainly lori because we've been watching her for so long but yeah i mean i don't think they did her dirty but it, the film no was messy it was just messy
0: i just feel like like the fight at the end of halloween 2018 that to me was you could have almost just had that as just have that as the film have that as the story you know where you have Laurie and her daughter and her granddaughter to get fighting against this evil that's dominated the last 40 years of her life, that's ruined her relationship with her daughter, ruined her relationship with her granddaughter, have it all of them coming together, you know, and, and defeating him as a team. Like, that was the perfect story.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because you could have taken elements of the second part, like that, for example, Tacked it onto, not tack, but put it at the end of the third one, cut a shit ton of the bullshit in the middle of the second one. Yeah. And only had two films, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, so much of Halloween kills is completely, you know, irrelevant to the story. Yeah. The larger story, I should say. Yeah. But anyway, again, I recommend it. Go watch it. I would love to hear what some of our listeners think about it. Um, yeah, it was fun to review something new because, yeah, it's yeah. been a while. I'm yeah trying to remember we have done a cinema one before, but I can't remember what it was. Well, I think we did Halloween Kills was the cinema one at the time. yeah, yeah it would have been <laughs> yeah I went on Ali's birthday last year. so yeah, yeah, and then other than that, I can't think like that we've done we've done new releases, but not like cinema ones mm. necessarily, but yeah, so. Yes, yeah, it.
0: go it's, watch it. Go watch it. It's, it's I, the fun. Yeah. Don't expect a Halloween. You know, a traditional Halloween movie. Expect the unexpected. Expect camp. Expect clunky dialogue. It's a few great one-liners. Jenny, and I really just want to show you my cherry balls. I want to <laughs> show grief my
1: tits. <laughs> I wish I say here down, I am. I wish I'd written down some of the other things she said because even the line the non-suicide line when she was like oh you think I'd do this yeah, I was like really yeah. think I'd kill myself. Yeah, I was into that line too that's good. Yeah. I love Laurie Strode. Love her, yeah. She's mm-hmm. the greatest. She really, so, is. yeah. Go, go see it, and then talk to us. As yeah, I said earlier. What to think? We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on all the things. Tell us what you did for Halloween.
0: Tell us what films you watched. Tell us just anything about your Halloween. And um, experience. I'm excited <laughs> about
1: my Halloween experience, which is going to happen on Saturday. So,
0: happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. And until next
1: time, brothers keg. Take us out. Bye.